All right, hey everybody, it's Scoots here, and uh, this is our ongoing episodically modular series, uh, Otter Things, and I'm not actually the host of it, I'm, uh, so I'm turning things over. This, But I just want to tell you, you could listen to this in any order. Uh, Emma Otter is going to be coming up, she'll fill you in on everything that's happened in the series th- thus far. Uh, so if this is your first time listening, don't worry. Like, uh, this is episodically modular. It does have some seriality, but Emma takes the seriality. It's a great, because then you could listen to the earlier episodes, like they're prequels. You know you love prequel movies, and I've heard that. Uh, and you say, okay, listen to episode six, and now I want to hear, like, now I want to go back. Because even books now, especially YA, the second or the third book is a prequel. Because you say, well, I really want to know, how did uh, uh, Tefe and Dari become, you know, you say, okay, go go ahead, listen to episode one, two, three, four, or five uh, after this. Uh, so this, without further ado, this is archived audio I discovered uh, from uh, Emma Otter. Uh, hey, everyone, this is Emma Otter here. Thanks for... Uh, giving me a moment of your time. I'm here to uh, tell you the story of my town, my friends, and my community, and some odd things that happened to us. Uh, so I'm Emma Otter. I live in a, well, I live in a community, a uh, swamp-based community. And some of you might say, well, what's a swamp-based community like? And I'd say, well, what's your community like? Are you in a riparian community? Uh, forest community, uh, wetlands community. You'd say, okay, well, maybe you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you could do a little research and say, what is it like? Uh, but I'll, I'll kind of give you the overview. We live in a swamp. Some of swamps are underwater and some aren't. Uh, and we live in a greater swamp region, a swamp within a swamp region in a town uh, that exists within the swamp. And just like you listening, we're all highly intelligent beings, uh, and uh, we have our own consciousness, uh, but we live together in community, uh, like individuals within a community that supports one another. So that's one thing to know. So the swamp is, uh, it's a greater swamp area, so there's bigger towns and cities within the greater swamp community. And it stretches in three directions very far, but we just happen to be very close to the one direction. The swamp does not stretch any further beyond, uh, which we call the place beyond the swamp, uh, which is actually seems like another swamp. We don't really venture beyond it. It's bisected by a road uh, rising up above the swamp. I think they call it like a some kind of duct, a viaduct, or something like that. I, I like, uh, but it's uh, a road. On the road, travel occasionally strange giant vehicles uh, with no one driving them. But that's worked into our childhood myths. So it's just a strange thing we avoid, and we have cognitive dissonance. So we just learn to say, "Just don't go near the road or on the road." Because why would you go on a road where, at unpredictable times, strange driverless vehicles drive by? And just, you know, now I know more than I knew uh, when I was a total child. So, you know, I would have thought they were their own beings uh, or something. 
you know, we had other myths, and a lot of our myths are based for my friends and I on the game Bards and Big Bunnies, a role playing game. Uh, but beyond the road is uh, what's called a visitor center and a bog walk. Uh, and then beyond that, I have no idea. There is one tunnel under the road. It is uh, a secure tunnel. Uh, and, you know, as kids, we grow up and we always wonder, we dare one another to go in the tunnel. Uh, but you don't do it, because, especially because there's a gate there. So I live in a house with my parents, uh, my youngest sibling, and my older brother, Tefe, who were otters. Uh, Tefe considers himself the handsomest otter in town. And uh, just, just rolling my eyes. Uh, so that's who I live with. Uh, my brother Tefe is in high school. I'm in middle school. I have, uh, well, originally I had uh, three best friends. Uh, now I have four best friends. If any, you know, I have, of course I have my best friend, uh, top of the, but, you know, really, who says all, why does there have to be the, there's no bestest friend. It's just best friend. So maybe I've created space to have more than one best friend or maybe my secret best friend that's listening in their heart. They say, well, I know I'm Emma's best friend. And maybe you, dear listener, feel like a close, uh, nearly, or a best friend of mine. And that's great. But uh, my actual friends are Vaughn, uh, who I also call V. And he's a little bit silly, a little bit goofy, very intelligent, uh, uh, but known to be wacky. Uh, an otter being in his own way, just like all of us here. Then my friend Elijah, we call him LJ. And Elijah is kind of our most principled friend. Elijah uh, believes in the truth, uh, believes in being honest. Uh, Elijah probably has a little bit more courage uh, uh, than, than the rest of us. Uh, I'd say our, our leader, but, you know, then I'm telling the story. So I'd say, okay, maybe we're all leaders. Elijah's probably the most grounded one of us, uh, too. Uh, though, uh, like, we, we all play role-playing games, so you see, with a sense of imagination. My other friend is uh, Willow, uh, and uh, Willow uh, lives... Now, Willow's from a family that's an important part of this story. So Willow lives with her mom, Frances, and her sister, Dari, and they're beavers, uh, and they uh, live together, the three of them. So that was what our life was like. I had my family. I had my friends who went to middle school, lived in my town, played bards and bunnies on the weekends or summer breaks. And it was a pretty happy life. And then something odd happened. Something odder happened. And that was that uh, someone arrived. Well, okay, a couple of things happened. We played a game of bard and big bunnies. Vaughn, Willow, and LJ left. Uh, and on the way home... Uh, Willow took a path less taken, and uh, quickly to summarize, we thought when she took that path less taken, she took a, she met like with an agent or something, and then became uh, a star, recorded an album, making fun of our town, and moved away to a big city like Riverbottom or something. That's where her dad Lenny lived. So we were all very upset because the album was discovered. Most of the songs were making fun of us in our town. 
and uh, it was a bit embarrassing. But some of us suspected. Well, we also suspected because we also, on the night uh, Willow moved away, we we looked for Willow, or the night after, because we said, Willow, where are you? We didn't know at the time. We hadn't found the album. And that's where we met a character, a, a duck-billed beaver named Billy, who has powers, uh, like magic powers, through throat singing or bill singing. I don't know if she's singing in her bill or her throat. Like, uh, like kind of like Professor X or something. She can move things with the mind. She can cause people to do stuff. Uh, all those kind of things. Uh, Billy also revealed to us that she thought she might be able to help us find, or she knew that Willow, yeah, that's what it was. She knew Willow was somewhere else, uh, somewhere called the Size Down. And we said, is that like the, the, the tower? Like a t- Size Down is like another world, like inside of a town, maybe a town, like a wizard's tower or the tower from the Southern Swamp trilogy that goes down and up and is organic and also has powers. So we're not 100% sure, but we know Willow's in a place like that, and she did not move away and record an album. And so we're dedicated to finding her, and we had just talked to our professor about how we would do that at the Community Resource Festival. Meanwhile... Uh, Willow's mom, Dari, or Willow's sister, sister Dari, Willow's mom, Frances, was obviously like, my daughter moved away without telling me and recorded an album and started a career. Well, that's very disappointing, and I, it doesn't seem like her character. And then she didn't believe it, and she started communicating with Willow through wind chimes, where Willow was communicating with her by pop song through wind chimes. And uh, no one believed her, obviously. They said, your daughter that moved away is communicating with you through wind chimes. Uh, also, uh, Frances was suspecting she was seeing a big bunny uh, outside her windows and, and maybe a bunny with goose or something, goose feathers. And that was connected to Willow as well, a giant bunny. And because a lot of kids play bards and big bunnies, including Willow, people said, okay, that's interesting, too. Willow's ex, Lenny, had come to help, uh, but Lenny's kind of no good. I'll just tell you the truth, though he's trying to help right now. So uh, that's like uh, where Francis was. Wait a second, I don't believe this, but everybody's telling me my daughter uh, did head out to start a career. That's a little bit of a tough... uh, thing to deal with. Now, her daughter, Dari, uh, when when Willow first moved away, Dari's instinct was to convince my my brother Tefe to borrow my uncle's car so they could drive out to uh, Lenny's house in Riverbottom and see if Willow was there. Their friend Babs came with them. Willow was not at Lenny's house when... Dari left Lenny's house. She found Tefe, my brother, and Babs, Dari's best friend. They were K-A-S-S-I-N-G-ing. And then they drove, and then uh, Babs went for a walk. Uh, But again, very similar to Willow, where they said, uh, did she really go for a walk? Because this doesn't make any sense. And since then... Dari's been convinced, like people again have said, well, maybe Babs just moved away to the big city too. 
But Dari's been convinced that that's not the case. And eventually her and Tefe found that, yeah, there's something else beyond the swamp uh, with a giant bunny print and the sounds and singing involved in this somehow. One other person we have to check in really quickly is Bold Bullfrog, uh, Leon. Uh, but it goes by Bull. He's the head of our community resource department and, you know, helping mitigate anything, disagreements, and uh, solve problems. That's Bull's job. And Bull uh, at first was just trying to say, okay, well, it looks like Willow moved away. Uh, I'm sorry, Francis. Uh, I think Francis and Bull at one point were dating long, long, long time ago. And trying to solve, like, so Bull was just doing Bull's job, but eventually Bull said, something strange is here. There's too many things. And Bull discovered, one, the album was not real. Francis, or uh, um, Willow, my friend, sorry, Willow, uh, the album was not real. And it was never recorded. It was a fake. Uh, It was just an auto-tuned performance from a um, talent show. And that the place beyond the swamp, the visitor center, was actually, Bull knew that it was part of a larger community resource effort, maybe an offensive community resource effort uh, by the greater area swamp authorities. But they said there's nothing to see here, no willow, don't know what you're talking about. But Bull didn't believe that. Uh, Bull eventually snuck in there and saw that something was going on, something with... uh, like uh, portals, like dorm rooms, cafeterias. And right as Bull had made the discovery, Bull was sung a, 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 a frog lullaby to go to sleep. And so that's kind of where we start. But I just also want to tell you that don't worry, all, all will be well. So I always want to remind you of that is that one thing to remember in this story is that all will be well. And without further ado, uh, is our Hollywood announcer who starts these shows out, the most famous person in our town, uh, Mr. Antonio Banderas. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it was the boys and girls, the friends beyond the binary, otters, beavers, muskrats, porcupines, foxes, turtles, frogs. Even the weasels, uh, it's time for another episode of Otter Things Splish Splash. Thank you, uh, Mr. Bonderas. This is Otter Things, and I'm Emma Otter. And I guess, like, when I, we last left off, uh, when in our story, we were we had fallen asleep kind of talking to our uh, Professor Moose. And Professor Moose had given, put us to sleep with some meandering analogy about the Southern Swamp Trilogy and organic, uh, organic beings that are also buildings and saying, well, that's like a tree that grows up, it grows down. And also, how would we find something like that, a resonance, something maybe resonance or vibrations? I don't know. Uh, But we had fallen asleep, and then we had woken up. 
and decided to go home and leave the fair, even though the fair, the community resource fair, which is a real, was really fun and seemed like it was fun. We wanted to kind of go back to my house and uh, figure out how we were going to track Willow down. Uh, and we did that. We we had like a sleepover. First we said, okay, we're already asleep. Let's go home and go back to sleep to my house. And then we'll get up the next day. Now, meanwhile, also the next day, it was morning where, you know, everywhere where we live because, you know, we're all in the same time area. And Lenny had been staying at uh, Francis and Dari's house. And Lenny he was sleeping on the couch. Uh, and Lenny woke up and said, well, I need to get myself in a shower and uh, maybe a swamp swim. And who knows? And meanwhile, Francis was cleaning up and she found that, you know, Lenny, one of Lenny's other qualities, Lenny doesn't pick up after himself. And so Francis was cleaning up after Lenny because Lenny left his fancy leather jacket lying around. And uh, he'd also been in uh, Willow's room at different points. Uh, I mean, the door was open and, you know, the all the... He had taken down some of the wind chimes, but then uh, Francis said, don't take down the wind chimes. I like them. They make me comforted. He had tried to fix, uh, like, uh, where, anyway, he'd done a lot of stuff, but nothing really useful. But Francis has stuck out in his mind that he, he she had, that Lenny had been in Willow's room. And when she picked up his jacket, you know, when you pick up a jacket off of a couch, you, sometimes you shake it out just to get any dust or uh, fur off it. And something floated out of Lenny's pocket and floated to the ground. And you might know the kind of floating that a napkin does. And, and Francis knew it was a napkin. And at first she said, just like Lenny, put a dirty napkin in his pocket instead of uh, doing something with it. But she, as she hung his jacket up, she went to reach down to pick up the napkin. And she saw that there was crayon drawings on it or writing. And as she unfolded the napkin, she saw... And it triggered a memory in her of a different time when uh, Francis, Lenny, and uh, uh, Willow were all out uh, uh, eating lunch together. And uh, this was when Willow loved to sing. Willow always loved to sing, just like we all do. And Lenny had uh, been encouraging Willow. And Francis had gone off uh, to talk to some of the neighbors that were eating nearby. And she saw, like, uh, Lenny and Willow writing in crayon on a, on a napkin. And uh, she had looked and she kind of smiled. She said, oh, what a nice moment. You know, rare moment for my daughter and uh, Lenny to share where they both seemed happy. And he, they seemed to be in serious conversation and when she went back, she said, oh, what are you two working on? And Willow looked at her mother with great pride, and she said, well, we're working, you know, when I become a, a music star, uh, this will be my big moment. Uh, this will be when, uh, like, I'll need an agent, and, and Dad's going to be my agent. So we're working on a contract. 
And uh, Francis said, oh, yeah, you will. Like, that's great to start planning for the future. Uh, but part of her mindset, I think, like, is this a serious discussion? But it was written out. Uh, and she said, look at the deal Dad made me. Only uh, 12%. Uh, uh, and she said, well, don't usually agents take 10%. Uh, and uh, she said, yeah, well, dad's going to like, and uh, she said, don't, uh, and then she said, well, it's just, we're just imagining mom. We're just playing. And Lenny said, yeah, we're just playing. And Willow uh, had always kept that in her room, uh, but it totally left Francis's mind. Uh, and she said, well, that's just strange that Lenny has that in his pocket. But as she was uh, kind of folding the napkin back up and putting it in, in Lenny's jacket, he came out. He said, what are you doing with my jacket? And she said, oh, I found uh, – she goes, what are you doing with this uh, napkin contract from when Willow was little? And he said, oh, I found it in her room. And she, Francis said, well, Willow signed she, – she goes, did you – what are you doing with this? So it's weird. And he goes, oh, I wanted to see if we both signed it. And she goes, oh, you did, because uh, she she had looked and it said Willow and Leonard or whatever. Uh, and she said, you're not trying. And he said, listen, if Willow's really signed these albums and made these albums, he goes, think about. Uh, he goes, we deserve some of it. We supported her career. And Francis said, we supported her career. She's a kid, one, and we is a very loose usage of we. And Lenny said, come on, uh, Francis, uh, why don't you think about Dari? And uh, he goes, we could use the money so Dari could go to school. And you could use it to fix up the house and stuff, a percentage of it, a 2% or so, and then I'll take the other 10% and invest it in... Uh, and uh, Francis narrowed her eyes and looked at Lenny and said, so this is really why you're here. You're not here to help. You're here to capitalize on. And then she said, you need to leave right now. And he said, wait a second. And she ripped up the, 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 the contract. Uh, and Lenny's steam came out his ears. And she said, please leave my home. Never to return. And she sent Lenny on his way. And Lenny... Uh, stomped out of the house, uh, frowny-faced. Uh, and he had strong words uh, for Francis, but Francis wasn't hearing them because they weren't the truth. Uh, though he did try to, uh, you know, heighten Francis's concern that Willow actually did record an album and move away. And he was successful at that, she thought. Well, the only reason he wants to capitalize on this because it really happened. Willow really did move away start a career without telling me, and record an album. Now, meanwhile, in the morning, Bull woke up. Uh, now, when we last saw Bull, he was in the lab uh, below the visitor's center. And he woke up on his couch, super sweaty, with a bunch of uh, bog water nearby, one of those famous uh, things he drink too much sometimes of he said, what in the heck? Where have I been? Why am I so sweaty? It's like I am uh, can barely breathe out my skin. I said, where was I? Uh, 
And they said, wait a second, did I like have too much bog water last night? Uh, but he knew that he said, well, the last thing I recall is being at that, uh, below the visitor center. And he kind of started to pace around and he stuck out his tongue and it didn't look like a normal frog tongue. And then there was a knock at his door, and it was two of the other resource staff, uh, social workers that work with the community resource department. And they said, uh, "Hey, Leon, uh, why why are you at work? Uh, why why weren't you at the community? You weren't even at the community fair. Uh, you missed the entire community fair. You're supposed to, you know, you're." And he said, "Oh, yeah, I'm under the weather." I'll have to submit a, I'll draw my own acorn later. I'm just not feeling great. Uh, and they said, are you okay? And he said, well, I'm under the weather. Look at my, look at my tongue. Can you, and they said, oh boy, your tongue does look uh, like non-optimal. And he said, well, what, what do you want? And they said, well, we do like uh, a couple of things. Uh, the music, the owner of the music store you know, there's a line in front of the music store, people waiting to buy, because this is the launch day of a bunch of albums, and the owner of the music store didn't show up. Uh, and there was a lot of people trying to get stuff, so eventually we let ourselves in, and we there was a letter from the music store owner saying they took a job with that same record company uh, for distribution or something, and that uh, record store was closed and uh, had been sold uh, to another company, some company with a bunch of letters and numbers at the end of it. Uh, so people were not happy because they said, where are we going to get our records? And also we wondered, what are we going to do? Like, who's going to take, take over? And uh, he said, that's a, main, that's a prime downtown piece of real estate. And Leon said, okay, okay, what else? Uh, and they said, also, funniest thing, Babs' parents heard from Babs. Uh, uh, it was only a voicemail, but uh, they, she said she's with a record company, and she had moved away. She's actually on tour, international tour. I don't even know what that means. Uh, uh, but she's very happy, and she said to check their bank account, she'd already deposited a bunch of money into her parents' bank account. Uh and that they shouldn't be concerned and that she would be, she would be in touch, uh, maybe relocate them to live with her once she had like a, a lake house. Like she's moving out of the swamp to a lake or something, Leon. And he said, oh, which record company? And they said, the same record company as Willow. Doesn't that make perfect sense? They're recruiting, uh, they found our town to be a hotbed of talent or something. And he said, okay, interesting. Uh, and then they said, were well, you going to come into the office? And he said, no, 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 I got to go. I, I'm not, didn't you see my tongue? I got to go uh, soak my tongue or something because I can barely breathe. You know, I, I'm breathing through my mouth and not my skin. So I'll see you later. And they said, okay, thanks, Leon. And then they got to the car. They said, man, he's acting odd. And they go, yeah, I don't know what's up with him. And I said, how do you miss a community resource fair when you're the community resource officer? And they said, well, it's a good thing, our good thing our town's resilient. So we didn't really, that was great fair. And they said, oh, yeah, did you go on this? Remember when we raced each other on the super slide? 
They said, oh, boy, was that fun. Now, while that was going on, we were waking up in my sleepover at my house, uh, and we were having a conference to say, okay, we got to track down uh, Willow. We said, Billy, do you know anything about this tower, about uh, size down? Like you kind of said, uh, but Billy was really quiet. Uh, we said, like, uh, what about this place? Uh, like, how do we find it? And Billy said, oh, I don't know. And we said, well, we got to track it down. Uh, if it's a tower and it's, and then uh, Vaughn said, well, what about, he goes, okay. He goes, sympathetic vibrations. And we said, oh, sympathetic vibrations, right, uh, totally. He said, resonance. And we said, okay. And he said, get out your tuning forks, because uh, we all have tuning forks, uh, or some people have different things so they can tune their, like, so you can tune your instrument or your voice. But most of us have tuning forks because they always work and, uh, they make good keychains, uh, and you can kind of cut. And anyway, so we all had it, uh, and he said, put your tuning forks down in front of me. And he, he said, okay, now hold them in your hand, in your right hand. Everyone hold your tuning fork. Uh, and we said, okay, nothing's happening. And he said, you can't visually see a tuning fork moving. And he said, uh, hold them near one another. And he said, that's what a sympathetic vibration is. But we said, well, what are they even vibrating? He said, yeah, hold them to your ear. And then everybody sang the tune, and we all sang the tone we were hearing, uh, barely detectable uh, on our tuning forks. And we said, all of them are making the same sound. And he said, yeah, and there's no uh, vibration. He goes, we didn't, none of us hit our thing to start it vibrating. And we said, okay. And there was like a long pause like that. Okay, Vaughn. And he said, there has to be a strong vibration coming from somewhere to vibrate these. They just can't vibrate. on. You can't have a sympathetic vibration without a vibration to sympathize with. And we said, okay. And then we all looked at uh, Billy and we said, do you know, like, like, and we realized it wasn't Billy causing the sympathetic vibration. And he said, this is coming from the tower. And we said, so, and he goes, we have to find a way uh, to be guided by, he goes, we have to find a way to determine the strength. He goes, remember that one project where we made electromagnetic tuning forks? And we said, oh, yeah, with the lantern batteries. Remember, we thought we could use them to, uh, he goes, we thought we could make them into, we could use it to, you know, crack glass and speed up our bikes or stop the bullies. But uh, it just ended up as a more powerful tuning fork. He goes, we could, we could use those and we could see that will monitor the strength and we could just try to find the tower through that. And we said, holy cow, that is a brilliant idea. Now, meanwhile, back at Leon's house, after the other community resources officers had left, uh, first thing Leon did, because Leon wasn't 100%, was call his old job. Uh, and uh, they said, uh, 
Cafe Noir Chardonnay. Uh, and he said, yeah, hi. Uh, who, I'm just calling to see who's performing tonight. Uh, and they said, who's performing tonight? Uh, well, hold, hold on. Uh, which, which show? Because we have three shows booked tonight. Uh, and a 7, a 10, and an after midnight show. Which show? And he said, uh, uh, and they, the person on the phone said, Leon Legend, is that you? Is that you? Like, are you still, uh, where, what happened? And then Leon hung up the phone and he sighed. But then he paused as he hung up the phone and then he started taking his phone apart, wondering, remembering back at the whole lab below the visitor center. Uh, and he realized that they were probably listening in to him somehow. So he started searching his house uh, for listening devices. And he actually thought about when he was at the school because they had the giant sonic ear. So it was a giant saucer collecting. So he started going through all his plates and bowls, you know, lamps, uh, anything saucer-shaped that could collect sounds. And he's tearing his place apart. Uh, and then when he thought he had given up pretty much, uh, and he sighed, he realized that there was one cabinet that he did, the top two shelves of the furthest cabinet. You know the cabinet everybody has that you can barely access anyway. And up there was his great-grandmama's tea set, uh, that he'd never used because it was like fancy tea and fancy saucers. Maybe once when he took a cat home, he gave it a saucer of milk, uh, but he never put that saucer back anyway. And he started digging through there. And of course, at the back of the thing, he found a little tube that went out uh, uh, from like, uh, it was like using the vibrations to listen in on him from the tea set, which is a very fine, you know, great idea. But he didn't disturb it. He just kind of looked at it and said, okay, you think I'll have myself a glass of tea, you know, clear my head. Uh, What a dream I had last night. So unrealistic. It couldn't possibly have happened. 100% my imagination. No more bog water for me. And then he turned on his uh, radio. Uh, he said, I'm just going to sit here and lie around and listen to the radio all day long. Listen to the old sports casting and talk and stuff. Uh, and then he turned on another radio in his bedroom, one on the talk and stuff and one on the sports stuff. And then he headed out uh uh, like, uh, and, uh, he was headed in the direction of, uh, Francis's house. And he drove all the way over to Francis's house. And Francis, uh, he knocked on the door. And Francis was already, like, in a not great mood because of everything that had happened with Lenny. And she thought it was Lenny knocking on the door again. And when she opened the door, uh, Leon held up his finger like shushy, 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 poo. And like in his head, he said this, like your house is full of uh, wind chimes and uh, they could be listening in for any of the wind chimes because those probably collect sound really well. 
And first he started looking around through all her. She said, what are you doing? He said, shush, shush, shush. Uh, uh, he said, oh, boy. Uh, uh, like, uh, he, he made a fake voice. Uh, so it's me, Lenny, again. Uh, harumphity, harumph. Uh, don't I know everything? You know, he's just doing his Lenny imitation, and she was kind of going along with it. Don't you think Willow, he knew, he had a different take, but he was like, don't you think Willow uh, should have, like, you'd be direct depositing her paychecks into my account uh, for management? And she goes, oh, boy, Lenny, you're a genius. Uh, I for, I'm so sorry I kicked you out earlier. So they played along like that while he looked, and then eventually he gave up. He said, oh, boy. And then he was thinking, and then he was saying, well, like, uh, they were trying to think. And then they figured out that they could turn on all of the fans in uh, Francis's house, which would make the wind chimes go. And she said, what are you doing? I'm waiting for uh, uh, Willow to talk to me through the wind chimes. And he goes, you're right about Willow. Stand by a wind chime and a fan in between the two. He goes, no, no, uh he goes, yes, yeah, by the fans. He goes, not behind the fan or in front of the fan, to the side of the fan near Windchime, and we'll have a conversation. And she goes, why? And he goes, well, I'm afraid the wind will blow. Otherwise, he goes, yeah, he goes, this is the way we won't be. He goes, they're listening, the place below the visitor center. And she goes, place below the visitor center. And he goes, the album was a fake, Francis. The whole thing's a fake. There's no record company. There's no album. You were right. Uh, something strange, something odd is happening. And he goes, I'm sorry. And she goes, well, thank goodness. Uh, mother, My mother's instinct was correct. Uh, and she goes, what is this? And he goes, beyond the swamp, there's a visitor center. It's part of, he goes, it's cover. He goes, there's a greater community resource thing for the greater swamp area. And he goes, instead of community resources, they have a more uh, stricter view of defending the community against invasive things or whatever. And he goes, he goes but he goes, they haven't quite gained uh, traction, you know, to, to take over our departments and... Uh, you know, move away from a community-based resource-sharing model. And she goes, I don't understand. And he goes, oh, well, that's, he goes, never mind. He goes, uh, so below the, the visitor center, he goes, it's an entire operation, cafeteria, offices, uh, computer stuff, uh, mops and brew. And she goes, okay. And he goes, dorm rooms, kids' dorm rooms. And she goes, kids' rooms? And he goes, yeah. And then he was talking about stuff he saw and the music and the posters and stuff. Uh, and she goes, well, that doesn't sound like uh, Willow at all. None of that sounds like uh, Willow. And he goes, well, that's weird. He goes, that's weird. And she goes, it's odd. Uh, so she goes, there's kids down there? And he goes, well, I didn't see any kids, just signs of kids. Uh and she goes, but no sign of anything that would be distinctively Willow's. And she goes, what do you think the kids were doing down there? He goes, I got no clue. He goes, I did read all these strange articles. You know, the rumors about humans and stuff. Uh, 
and powers and the power of music. And she goes, like, in Bards and Big Bunnies? He goes, what's that? And she goes, the game all the kids in our community play. And some parents believe that it leads kids uh, to make poor choices, even though it doesn't. It actually boosts their self-esteem and resiliency and imagination. And he goes, what? And she goes, uh, she goes, it's a game the kids play. And music has magical powers. Uh, and he goes, well, he goes, I don't know. He goes, he goes, uh, but there's this one. He goes, he goes, what if the whole time. He goes, I've been trying to find Willow, but instead I've been looking for somebody else. Uh, and uh, Francis said, okay. And he said, let's. Uh, Let's go to the library, do some more research, and uh, figure this out. And she says, okay, okay. Now, while that was happening, we had headed out with the electromagnetic tuning forks, and we were out there in what we call dark and wood, uh, looking, following the tuning forks. We were two by two, so Vaughn and LJ had one, and... uh, uh, Billy and I had one and Vaughn and LJ, you know, again, LJ is saying, don't you think something's going on with that duck billed beaver? And Vaughn said, I don't know. And, uh, said, don't, don't say acting extra odd. They're acting extra odd. And Vaughn said, I suppose, uh, now, meanwhile, when I was walking with uh, Billy, Billy said, uh, can we go back to your house? I need a snack. Uh, and I said, well, we brought some snacks. Why don't you have a snack? She said, well, I, I'd prefer a snack, uh, a different snack. And also a nap. I think I need a nap. And I said, well, we got to keep going right now, Billy. I understand it. But uh, just try to, like, uh, walk, do a walking meditation or something and rest that way. And then Billy drifted away. But it didn't stick out to me because I said do a walking meditation. And I started to kind of do one. And I think Billy was singing, like, a little bit... Uh, but meanwhile, Billy was going into like a, like a look back, a flashback, they say, uh, to another time with uh, Max, Dr. Max, uh, when she lived there. And Dr. Max was get, they were in the lab and, uh, or like a room. And Dr. Max was saying, okay, so you're going to sing this song and I want you to close your eyes and I want you to read what you see. And Billy said, read what I see. And Dr. Max said, yeah, close your eyes and walk. Uh, you got to keep walking and read what you see. And here's the song. I'm going to play it a few times. And then you start singing and close your eyes and sing along. And the song was a song about signs everywhere. There being signs, uh, not good for always good for the scenery and a lot of the signs weren't positive. But in this case, they all had either numbers or letters as Billy started just walking and singing the sign. Some signs were shaped like shields, and some signs were triangles. Some signs were octagons. And then Dr. Max said, now read the signs. And so Billy said, yeah, like uh, A1A. 
Dr. Max said, good, good, good. And they write him down. She said, 60, 29, 17. Stop. Uh, Dr. Max said, okay, keep it with the numbers and letters. 528. Uh, Billy would see the signs and just say the numbers. 4, 192, 417. But meanwhile, as we were walking, we eventually got back to like the, behind the transfer station where they had found Willow's albums. And LJ said, wait a second, we're back uh, at the transfer station. I thought we were headed towards, uh, there's no tower here. There's not even barely any trees here. This can't be the right place. Uh, and then we said, get out the, the get out the tuning forks and the electromagnetic tuning forks and just see how did we get so lost? Uh, and they said, okay, try the batteries. Uh, and then they said, get out the battery tester. And then we realized that like they were all working. Uh, but yeah, they were showing the stronger. We were like almost where they should be. And then uh, LG said, wait a second. And he pointed one of them right at uh, Billy. And it shot up to full power. And he, he he said, you're throat singing. I can hear you throat singing now. And he said, you led us here to the transfer station. Like, you're leading us astray. What exactly are you doing? Like, why are you making us lost? And... Uh, at first, Billy said, no, I didn't. And then I kind of took Billy's side. I said, hey, like, uh, LJ, no, we're just, lo- like, calm down. You're just, high, it's just high stakes. Uh, and then we had strong uh, discussion about it, so strong that I said, do you want to have a dance-off? And then LJ said, do you want to have a dance-off? Uh, but then Billy didn't know what a dance-off was. So then Billy started singing the song, Impulsive, like with with Billy's powers, so then LJ started acting impulsively, which mostly meant running around and then running away. Uh, and then we said, "What did you do? You just made him run off uh, without like he he even forgot his his tuning fork." Uh, and like I said, I can't believe. And I said, "You did lead us here. What were you doing?" Uh, why are you making my friend act impulsively? Like, you're not supposed to use your powers against us. And I said, what are you such an oddball for? Which I greatly regret at this time. And then Billy ran off. And as Billy ran off, uh, Billy was uh, uh, having another memory back, uh, another flashback uh, to yet another time. Uh, when Billy, uh, was, uh, like, uh, had his second time, they said, okay, at the, at the place with Dr. Max, they said, okay, that really worked well. Dr. Max had given Billy a stuffed animal, even said that went so good. Now we want you to look at some bigger signs. And he even showed Billy this map. Uh, and he said, I want you to kind of try to follow these signs. I want you to look for these ones, num- these numbers and these shapes and follow them and then tell us what you see, the other signs that you might see, even handwritten signs or anything you see. 
And so Billy started, they actually like would like put Billy in this waterbed, which is like a real waterbed. Uh, uh, and I don't know, that's like something from the 70s and 80s uh, where you feel like you're floating. And this waterbed was blue like a cloud. And they even got a nice weighted blanket for Billy to have. Uh, and they said, just float on the waterbed and uh, picture the signs and sing the song and tell us what you see. And actually, like at this point, Billy even had this extra power. Uh, I wouldn't learn this until many conversations with Billy that uh, Billy didn't have to speak at this point. Like Billy could transfer it into a TV, the images that Billy was seeing, just the sign images, not everything. And so Billy started singing and floating on the waterbed and walking. And at first it was the signs they had told uh, Billy. Even a couple of times Billy took wrong turns and it said U-turn or whatever, no passing zone, break out, break down lane. But then they say, okay, no, look for uh, this number. Uh, but as Billy was going, more signs started increasing, and Billy started seeing these bigger billboards, uh, is what we call them. We don't have a lot, because they're not that great to look at, but wherever Billy was, there was a lot of these, and Billy said, you know, uh, save money. Have you been, have you, is someone, uh, have you ever had a flat tire? Call this number. Do you need a place where there's a thousand T-shirts, a thousand T-shirts today? Uh, visit the sands of Sandy Shores Beach. Uh, as Billy went along, then Billy saw like further down, like and was broadcasting those billboards. But Billy saw like about ten signs down, this one blinking reddish light. And uh, it was like blinking, drawing Billy. And then Billy kind of was reading the other signs, you know. Have you ever had a day to go? Have you want to make a go-kart go? Go here, you know. Have, do, do you want the largest Ferris wheel? Uh, but meanwhile, Billy saw this blinking. And then she saw this tower. This was a billboard, but it was a three-dimensional billboard. With a tower, and Billy didn't broadcast this one just yet because uh, Billy had gone into another level of zone. And it was a t tower uh, going up off the billboard, like three times the size of the billboard, this real-looking tower. And it was a wizard's tower, and that's what it said. It said, experience... Uh, Something would have fallen off. The wizard's the tower of sorcery, I would think it was called. I call it the wizard's tower. And at the top of the tower, there's a window, and that's where the light was blinking, like a blinking candle. It was just, apparently, I guess it was solar powered. It said, Can you pass uh, the sorcery? Can you become a sorcerer? Again, there's letters and words missing, but pass the tests. Uh, would await you, uh, wonder, something, something not great, uh, journey into the Tower of Sorcery. And it had these, like, people smiling, uh, dressed like wizards, kind of, uh, 
but still the light blinked, and that's really what Billy didn't know was a solar-powered light, and said, what is that light? Can you get in that tower? And so Billy walked up to the billboard, and there was a ladder going up the... And then Billy, like, noticed that uh, the tower actually extended down into the earth uh, next to, like, uh, on the backside of the billboard. The tower all all the way went down into the earth. And Billy said, well, that's in it. So magic. That was another thing that caught Billy's eye. And Billy had, like, a flashback within a flashback to getting a magic kit, uh, uh, one time from Dr. Max uh, with, like, a dancing rope or something. And cups were make balls disappear. And so Billy, like, was like, I got to find out if this light is magic. Uh, and so Billy climbed up the tower, uh, the well, the billboard, and then was looking for a way to get into the tower and uh, found this do- door, and then there was a spiral staircase going up the tower. Now, this normally in the past uh, would have been to, to service the light, but the tower had kind of changed with time and maybe something else. Uh, so the the tower was a little bit more, uh, like, organic, uh, and as Billy started going up, the, and then the light was making a sound, on and off sound, uh, from inside the tower. But then Billy noticed that the tower also went down, and that it wasn't stairs. It was more of a ramp uh, going down into the earth. And then Billy thought, Billy heard the sound of crunching carrots and uh, a twitching, and then even like a sound of a beak closing, and Billy looked up, and because the tower was the sound traveled so strange, Billy like said, "Oh boy, I don't, not sure, I enjoy these sounds." And so Billy said, "Get like uh, it's time for me to not sing a sign song anymore." Uh, and said, uh, "Take me home, take me home." Uh, and so then Billy uh, woke back up uh, on the waterbed. And she said, uh, I don't, I don't really like it. And, and, but Dr. Max and the team of scientists or whatever, lab coat wearing people were taking tons of notes and saying, oh boy, that is a lot of information. We just learned about this. Holy mackerel. This is interesting stuff. Uh, really important stuff for us to write down. Uh, great job, Billy. Uh, and Billy said, I need to sleep. And, and Billy clutched uh, the stuffed, which with irony, I tell you now, is a stuffed uh, bunny uh, and went and fell deep, deep asleep and rested. Uh, and that's where we'll leave off for right now with Billy sound asleep. So nice uh, and cozy. Uh, good night.